I'm going to try to not be too undignified. Notice I didn't say I'm not going to be undignified because I can make no promises that I cannot keep. I love this story. I've often heard it preached, but the Lord dropped a few things in my spirit over the last couple of months because he told me, don't worry about what they think about you. You were provoked. I was provoked right here. Nobody said a word to me, but all of a sudden I felt a prodding in my spirit that provoked me to cry out in the depths that I had not cried in quite some time, if ever in a public place. You know, it's one thing to cry in private. It's a whole nother level when you are provoked to do it publicly. And sometimes I believe that God will allow you to be provoked publicly because you've been miserable in private for too long. Everybody's talking about it anyway. They see the provoking taking place. They see the frustration. They see the enemy's tactics over your life. And so God says, I'm just going to make it evident that while they've been provoking you, I've been birthing a promise that cannot yet be seen yet. This is not just for the women in the room. Y'all know me better than that. So get that off your head. This is a body of believers, not just men and women. Although my friend Devin Wallace pointed it out real good. I'm not a feminist. I'm a genderist. I believe in male and female. I believe in order to birth something, that's why we've had lopsided churches because they put the women in the back, in the nursery. They thank God for nursery workers. My sister-in-law's there today. God bless her. She said, please pray for me. <laughs> thank God for them. But let me tell you, there is also a moment in time where the nurturers got to come out and allow the provoking of the Lord to something in the room that has been too comfortable and not birthing anything in a season I see you here we have Penina everybody say Penina you know she's just minding her business she's being a wife she's being a mother she's got sons she's got daughters She's blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I don't know hers and Elkina's relationship. Obviously, it was all right. She did some things that brought forth seed. I asked Crystal the other day to get me a cattle prodder. This is what Brian brought into me today. He said, we did not get the electrical current in. Some of you need to say, thank God. But I don't know about you. I've had some provokers in my life that felt like an electrical current was attached to it. It said year after year, Penina provoked. She agitated. She pressed. I don't know what she said. She may have looked at her head on and said, nah, 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 nah. She may have looked at her and been like, look at all my portions. Because let me tell you, when they went up 
to the house of the Lord. The portions that was laid out before them was in proportion of their children. So when we see that Elkanah loved Hannah, he was offering her a double portion. Well, and while I do not judge Elkanah today because he was just doing what he knew to do, but instead of allowing the provoking thing to work in that maybe it could have been taking place the year after year after year. Maybe it could have been settled the year before, but because he, he literally would say, oh, I'm going to give her a double portion. It worked last year. I want to help us. What he was doing was pacifying her. He's saying, I, I see the provoking. I see it. I see you crying. I see you frustrated. I see you feeling like, because let me tell you something. There's nothing like being aware and evident of what you're missing until you go to the house of God. See, it wasn't mentioned that when she was at home, she felt the provoking. It was when she went up to the house of God because the enemy will love to make you feel so provoked and make you aware of what you don't have so you can look at everybody else in the room and go, why don't I get that? And so we have gotten so accustomed to pastors saying, let me give you a passy so you'll be quiet. Let me pacify you. Let me give you this word to make you shut up. Because mama, you know good and well when you had a baby, I had about 10 extra pacifiers just in case my child decided to get loud. And I didn't want him to. So Elkanah, in his love, he genuinely loved her. Shh. I'm not going to put it in your mouth. Shh. Thank you for my coffee today. Don't get too loud. Shh. You've ate. You've got the word. You're dressed, you're changed. I have wiped your tail. Shh. So we have settled for a pacified church in America. And you know what pacifiers do? Keep you quiet. Keeps you limited. Keeps you coming to me because you know mama's going to give it to you. You know mama's getting ready to give it to you. Mama, mama's got it. I'm going to give you the passy, baby. You be quiet. I just want to keep you quiet. I just, shh. I don't judge you. At least three of my four took a passy. I had one who refused it. He said, yeah, I did. He refused it. He would spit it out. I'd put it in his mouth. He'd spit it out. The child never cried. He would have an earache. And I would not know he was sick. Because all he would do was smile at me. He would be running a fever and I would take him to the doctor and he'd say, that child has got a double ear infection and strep throat. 
and he would just smile. Stand up, Ian. Come here. He's still smiling. And without a passion, I wouldn't know the boy was sick until the doctor got in there and started poking around. The doctor started prodding and the doctor started poking. He said, this baby is sick. See, some of you get mad when the prodder comes your direction, but some of you don't even know where the pain is coming from until there's a poking around in the atmosphere. I don't like this church. You're too harsh. No, I struck a nerve, and that's what you don't like. When the doctor got in there and stuck something down his throat and got in his ears, he began whimpering. Because he got prodded. I came to tell you something today. The provokers in my life did way for me than the pacifiers ever could. Had it not been for the provokers in my life, I would never stand before you a first-generation preacher filled with the Holy Ghost. If I had settled for the pacifier, I'd have went back to Mama's house two years after my marriage. Not that she pacified me all the time. She called me out. She had her provoker a time or two, but she also would cook me dinner and let me cry in her lap. I got to tell you, I'm the kind of mama that, yes, baby, if you need nurturing, I'm going to give it to you. But there came a point I had to throw the pacifier away. I remember the day that Elijah was about three years old. It was in December. We had bit. No, you can't sit down. You're the only one down here. Sissy's working. Brother's working. Serving the house of God. And I won't choose you. I'm just kidding. But his face is red now. You know what a prodder and provoker does? It moves you in the direction you want to go. You know, in Acts 26... Jesus said to Saul, how long will you kick against the goad? How long can't you see that I have taken a turn in Israel? Can't you see that I'm moving in a different direction than the way you grew up? I know you were raised as a, as, a, as a Pharisee. You were raised at the best of them. But if you cannot tell, I've decided to shift direction. God bless y'all. I decided to move a different direction. He said, how long will you kick against the goad? Because at the end of the day, you're going to hurt yourself. When you refuse to go in the direction that the kingdom is moving in and you're screaming, I just want a passy. I just, I just, just give me a pacifier. Let me tell you something. That's what we've done to people in pain. We have asked them to take the pacifier when in all reality, the only thing that identifies they are sick, the only thing that identifies they are hurting, the only thing that identifies I need something outside of myself. I love you, Elkina, but your double portion can't do it for me today. The only thing that causes them to obtain what God has intended for them is when they cry out. 
Look at somebody and say, don't judge my cry. I was provoked. I was provoked. I was provoked. You can sit down, Ian. Elkina's double portion to Hannah was his attempt to make her feel less empty. To make her feel less of that of unimportance. If I could just give you a double portion. And so what happens is, is that we find ourselves staying around people <laughs> who will continue passing out passies. Yeah, I'll take the bonus. I really don't enjoy working here, but I'll take it. Yeah, as long as you feed me, I'll keep my mouth shut. Heads up, I'm about to throw it. Somebody don't let anybody hit it. The head, there you go. I have thrown rocks before too. Let's just see. Heads up. So we settle for the pacifier in a day when God is saying, I am using this provoker to lead you unto me. The pacifier will keep you going to the person. Oh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I got a lot of them, so I'm gonna have fun today. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you for reminding me. Whew. You see that as long as I have a pacifier, Gary Thompson, I will keep my mouth shut. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'll go where I'm supposed to go. I'll show up when I'm supposed to show up. But at the end of the day, the pacifier keeps me codependent upon people. I knew you wanted one, Judd Sellers. Keeps me codependent. And when the pacifier's lost, I run to the same place that's going to give me the fix to soothe me. Because I don't like the way this prodding feels right now. You're provoking me today. Yes, I am. I came with pacifiers, but I came with a very long provoker and one that has the potential to shock electric current through your body. <laughs> In my life, the times that pushed me to destiny was not those who told me what I wanted to hear. If you listen to my husband's testimony, it was when he walked in to the principal's office and told them, listen, I'm going on the road to do ministry full time. And the principal looked at him and he said, you will never amount to nothing. And see, those are the people that we want to curse because we expected them to say, oh, congratulations. You get a passy. And we're shocked. When we hear the, oh, don't, no, you ain't never. And we have a choice to make. Do we kick against the provoking or do we move forward to destiny? Come on. 
You know what the Lord told me a few weeks ago? He said, every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you shall condemn. And I asked the Lord, how will I condemn the voices that are speaking against me, Lord? That's your job. He said, no, honey, because you're allowing a prodding to move you all the way into me. He said, what you need to understand is that your due diligence, your moving forward into me will outlive every lie that is spoken. It will outlive every false judgment that rises up against you. I know it might not feel fun. I don't like feeling the prodding. I don't like having to be pushed. But you need to know what is provoking me is not leading me to them. It's leading me to him. There comes a point in your life. Mamas, Elijah had a passy. It was December. I started to tell this earlier. We had been to Walmart. We saw Santa, all the things. He got in the car and he's screaming, my passy, my passy. And I am panicking. Because we teach our natural children and our spiritual children. This is the thing that soothes you. We teach our husbands and our wives, this is the thing that shows you favor of the Lord. I give you a double portion. And he said, Elkina says to Hannah, am I not more to you than 10 sons? Again, Elkina, I love you, but you can't give me what I know is mine. It's not about trying to take something that belongs to somebody else or even being like, why don't I get what Penina has? Because that attitude, you're really asking for a pacifier. But when you allow the prodding of God, how long, Saul, Saul, will you kick against the code how long will you stop who see you stopped halfway here you've been you've been provoking my people but i've been the one provoking you and instead here's what happens when we feel the provoking of a penina or someone in our life if we're not careful we turn around come here and help me instead of instead of going backwards you turn around turn around and you start pushing back on the provoker. And we have an unnecessary battle that God did not call us to fight. I'm in the face of somebody that's supposed to be pushing me to destiny. Why am I giving my attention to the one that's actually supposed to move me all the way into the king's arms? This is what we do with the provoking in nature. And then if we get the upper hand and get the stick... Let's do a dance battle. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen Sing Too? <laughs> so we take the prodder out of the hand and we think we've done something. And all the while you're still empty of promise. Oh, but you got the stick. Congratulations. <laughs> 
I had a choice to make that day in my car as Elijah is screaming to the top of his lungs, crying for his pacifier. So I did what any good mother would do. I lied to him. I said, Elijah, something happened while you were asleep. This is a true story. I said, Elijah, you know, Door the Explorer was big in this season. I said, something happened. Some of you use the same lie. I said, Elijah, Swiper showed up and Mama forgot to say Swiper, no swiping. Now, here's what's funny. He would be, if he was down here, he would go, you lied. Swiper was a sly fox, which I came to destroy the foxes that are trying to get in the camp too. I expose, I expose my own lie, Swiper. Swiper came and he took your passy. And he looks at me in such disappointment. He's like, Mama, you forgot to say Swiper. No, swiping. <laughs> Eva came along. She's got a passy. Elijah would walk right over to her mouth. Why does she have a passy? Swiper hadn't come for it yet. <laughs> 2009, when she fell from her accident, we were doing everything in our power to provoke her and take the pacifier away from her. When she fell, the doctor looked at us and said, does she have anything that soothes her? And we said, the only thing, you know, is the pacifier. But she, you know, she had busted her lip. The lip had severed from the jawbone. So I thought, well, he's not going to want a pacifier in her mouth. He said, don't take it away from her. Let it soothe her. So we gave our daughter the thing that had been broken for a couple of days back to her because she needed soothed. And let me tell you something, we like to never, once something has been removed, And out of the goodness of our parental heart, you know, parents, we don't, we don't get instruction, man. We don't. We're supposed to read the Bible, and half the time, we don't. We don't get real clear instruction in this. And so we took something away, told her it was gone, and then we gave it back to her. And it wasn't until we lived in San Antonio, her teeth were all messed up. From the fall, she had a deadened tooth, and the dentist, now here we are back in the doctor's office, examining. See, I think I'm doing a good thing because one doctor told me, give her what soothes her, when in all reality, the prayers, the, the, the proclamations of the word of God speaking life, even though death tried to come, no, I used the passy. 
And when the dentist looked at her, and she's over three at this point, and she's still walking around with a pacifier. And the dentist said, honey, you have severely damaged your teeth because of this. You know what your teeth do? Help you chew food to digest it. If you continue spiritually sucking on a pacifier, <laughs> I continually want the milk. Don't give me meat because I can't really chew it up real well. See this issue with my teeth that the pacifier gave me? <laughs> So we left that dentist office and I looked at her. She was over three and I said, baby, you want to hand that pacifier over to me now? She didn't just hand it over, she threw it over. And the child still had to have braces and still wear a retainer and do all the things because when you suck on a pacifier for too long, it will leave structural damage that you cannot see in the moment. I told you Ian didn't even want it. But he so was content and so good that I never knew he had a problem until there was a poking. Some of you don't understand why it's hard to come to church because you feel something rise up on the inside of you. You feel something pressed and pushed that's not in the location of your home or even in your car, you're at peace, but you get in here and you find yourself at war with yourself. Let me help you today. It's not handing you a soothing thing to put in your mouth and just suck away so we don't have to hear your complaint. It is the prodding of the Holy Spirit that is provoking you to cry out in the depths of your soul because you will not get the promise of God without the provoking. You won't. Year after year, Penina provoked Hannah all the while. Elkinah, her sweet husband, is saying, here's your passy. It's a double portion. I'm going to give you everything you want. But I'm still empty. I'm still broken. I'm still trying to figure out why. And it says that Hannah didn't eat. Even though a double portion had been laid in front of her, she did not eat. And the Bible says that she went out and she began to pray. Everybody say, I was provoked. <laughs> and the priest begins to show up and he sees her lips moving and he automatically says, my God, she, this woman is drunk out of her mind, probably because he was used to pacifying people. His sons are proof of that. He was used to giving, shut up, Phineas and Hophni. Go on, do what you want to do. Pervert the offerings. Go sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. I'm just going to pacify you. I'm going I'm 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 to pretend like I didn't see that. He wasn't used to seeing a provoking leading to godly things. So here we have the priest watching this go down. And he's wondering, where's the pacifier? <laughs> This woman is drunk. She is, he says, woman, put 
put your drink away. I'm telling you, I wish some of you would get to the place that you feel the prodding, not even of your enemy. I came for you today because you wonder why you feel this in the house of God. Let me tell you, Rana, if you think she was sunshine and roses to me, but one thing I can tell you is that she didn't lead me unto herself. She didn't say, baby, I got your pacifier. I got your prophetic words. I'm going to give you the scripture. I'm going to give you the juice that you want. Keep coming to me. She said, Amanda Crabb, you get in that prayer closet. You get alone with God. You get in there and you let him speak to you. But see, we have raised a culture of saying, I wanted you to give me the word. And God's saying, I wanted to give you the word. I wanted to show you the way. You're drunk. She said, I am not drunk. I am bitter and I am vexed of soul. What are you going to do with your bitterness? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with your bitter soul? What are you going to do with the thing that vexes you day in and day out? What are you going to do with the thing that keeps you up at night? What are you going to do? Are we going to fix it ourselves? Are we going to try to shove double portions in front of people? Are we going to try to just hand out passies and, and cupcakes? Praise God, we had them. They were wonderful today. But I came to tell somebody that oftentimes you will never reach the potential destiny until you move with the provoking. Now, then he prophesies a word to her. But she was first, she said, I was provoked to get here. I was provoked. Some of you have wondered why things have been so difficult in this season. Why do I feel that every time I feel a little bit of comfort and I feel a little peace, it's right after that that I feel the provoking because, yes, he is our comforter, but he is also our prodder. And if we are accepting pacifiers from any other place outside of his comfort, if we are looking for provision in any other way outside of his kingdom, if we are looking for joy and portions that are man handed to us, it will also be the hand of man that will take them from us. If I trust man to feed me, I will then also rely on man to starve me. So I just want to ask you today, are you willing to suffer the provoking? <laughs> because it's the provoking that will push you to destiny. It will be the very provoking thing that takes you from your misery to your miracle. The Bible says that she makes a vow and she says, when I have a son, because he tells her, you're going to have a son. God's going to give you everything that you desire because you were provoked. Because you weren't provoked to the place that you turned back to Penina and told her, girl, you better get up out of my face because I'm about to come hood on you. <laughs> Old Amanda, I'd have been like, you better give me the electrical prodder. And we would have had a duel right in front of Elkina. Be like, now who's going to get the double portion now? Some of y'all laughing because you're like, yeah, me too. 
I have been the one, and listen, I don't judge you for your pacifiers. They have their place. They have their place. Like when you need to deal with an enemy, we could go all the way to judges and look at JL. <laughs> pacifiers have their place. Yes, they offer soothing, but let me remind you that when Caesarea stumbled into the tent of JL, he didn't expect to find a prodder. He expected and anticipated a pacifier. They weren't at war with one another. They were at peace. And he says, give me something to drink. And she brings him in. Like any good housewife, the gift of hospitality, come on in. Let me Listen, you lay down here. I'm going to keep watch for you. I just want you to picture what sin looks like in our life. Because the only way to deal with sin is not through a pacifier. It's through a provoking prodder. And with Caesarea, he asked for water. Only a mama could give him milk, knowing that it would lull him right to sleep. And at the moment that he was in a deep, deep, deep sleep, he had been terrorizing the land, not her land, but she watched everybody else around her be terrorized for over 20 years. And again, it didn't directly, sometimes it doesn't directly affect you, but you watch the prodding and you watch the provoking of an enemy on your neighbors and on your loved ones and you see it off in a distance. And when God provides an opportunity and he's saying, are you going to choose to just shove a passy in his mouth or are you going to handle this thing? I, I just wonder if there's any mamas who have decided that when I see sin creeping in the territory, not just my house, but when I see the provoking prodding of sin coming. I'm not going to shove a pacifier in their mouth, but I'm going to deal with this thing with the provoking prod. Your pacifier has its purpose. Now, don't all you mothers go throw your pasties out. You do what you got to do in the season. You got to do it, but you also need to know the season that when it's time, there will come a time when you're new into the kingdom of heaven. When you come into the kingdom, when you come into the house of God, there is a season of nurturing. There's a season of staying close. There's a season of walking with you in the faith. But then there's a season, and this is what people don't like. Why'd you push me? I didn't push you out. I didn't push you out. Honey, it was time for you to fly. You know, that's what a mama eaglet does. In her nest, when those babies sit there for too long, you know what happens if they don't learn to fly in time? They will never learn. And so it's the provoking of your life that will move you into destiny. Otherwise, you will forever remain pacified. Asking for the next person to hand you a passy. Give me this. Give me that. Everybody, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. All the while, when it comes time and the mother knows, baby, it's time to pick you up. 
And you're going to think this is mean for a minute. Ooh, but it's actually training season for you. And the mama picks those baby eaglets up and she drops them out of the nest. And for a second they are flailing, they're fluttering. And a mother's eye will watch her baby eaglets. And if it looks like they're not ready yet and they're not going to get it, a mama will hover right in and she'll swoop up her babies just in time. And if she can talk, she'll look at them and say, we're going to do this again next week. Some of you would be in therapy over that today. Looking for the next passy. Some of you need to look back over your life. And thank God that you were pushed one more time. Some of you need to look back over your life and recognize that had you not felt that prodding, you would never move into destiny. Yes, it might have been intended to be mean. It might have intended to shove you down. But let me tell you, when you move it in the right direction, you pray to a holy God. He has a way of hearing the prayers of those that have been provoked like he does. And he has a way of answering. He's saying, oh, good, you don't have a passy in your mouth. I can hear you in clarity. Thank you for allowing the provoking to work for you. Stand to your feet in this room. She made a vow and said, oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the infliction, the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me. Some of you just lift up your hands right now. See, we want people to look at our affliction, or look at our affliction, look at our affliction to try to prove that we've been the victim. When all the while God is saying, I actually intended for them to drop you because you would have never soared any other way. <laughs> you would have never moved had that door not closed. You would forever be at the same tired, dried up job had you not gotten fired. Maybe you failed and dropped out of school because there's a call of God on your life. And you're trying to move into the wrong path in the wrong season because you didn't ask God. You just wanted to be pacified and move into what you wanted to do. Ooh. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. What if she didn't have to press? Would have she taken it? If she had just been able to walk straight up to him. <laughs> Ooh. Some of you need to say, look at my affliction. See, we want everybody else to look at it. I know we're good at that. Look at my affliction. Look at my affliction. Look at my affliction. Look, they're so mean to me. Look what they've done to me. Look, I'm the victim here. I'm the victim. I'm, I, no, that's not really anybody in this church. Y'all are victorious. I'm not throwing passage at you because you're asking for it. I'm trying to help you outside of these four walls that when people are demanding and manipulating you for a pacifier, you need to know the season you're in. You need to know the season you're in because you 
not handing them the manipulating pacifier might be the very thing that moves them into the destiny that God has for them. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm in the season of my life that when I stand before the Lord, I don't ever want him to say, why did you keep a bag full of pacifiers when you know you were called to provoke? See, not everybody's anointing is the same. I don't like it when Pastor Amanda preaches. Becca shared a story with me a while, a couple months ago when I was telling her about this sermon. She was telling me about something that had came up on her daughter Allie's skin. It was kind of these skin tag things and they took her to a dermatologist. And the dermatologist said this, it's not hurting anything. It will remain there and maybe we'll even continue to grow. But, everybody say but. She said, I can give you this cream that will provide an irritant to the surface. And the second it becomes irritated, the second this patch of skin becomes provoked, it causes the body to awaken. Somebody needs to hear the word. It causes the body to wake up and rush and bring healing and drive out the skin tag that was on the skin. What is happening? We got too many abnormal growths. Sometimes God provides a little irritant ooh, to move you into the fulfillment of destiny. Listen, I know, I know it wasn't part of the plan. I know that it didn't look like you should have to come like this. But I came to tell you today that the provoking, yes, it might be somebody dangling everything that they have in front of your face with the intent to make you feel less than. But when you choose to go to the right source, when you allow the and the provoking to move you into the presence. The presence produces the promise. You need to hear me. When I put aside the pacifier, when I allow the provoking to move me to presence, presence provides my promise. Preve presence provides. Say presence provides my promise. Woo. Presence provides my promise. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hands, there are pleasures forevermore. Just lift up your hands and say, you see my affliction. Remember me, O oh Lord. Remember me. I feel the prodding and it's been tempting to take the passy. But today I'm coming to your presence. Today I'm coming before you. Today I am pressing and I am ready to receive the fulfillment of promise not just for my house but for the nation you see what you need to understand is that the very thing you might be called to birth can't come just by normalcy it's got to be provoked because it's so much bigger than you the word of the Lord had been rare in that day until a provoking took place and brought forth a promise when are we going to step into the presence and not just give me, give me, pacify me, Lord. Ooh. 
pacify me, Lord. No, 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 I don't, I've, I've been provoked and I'm here and I'm ready to take every bit of promise that you have spoken to me. Hannah knew there was something on the inside of her that was meant to come forth so much that she declared what is given to me, I will bring it back to the house of God in due season. Woo. I'll bring it to the place where I've been provoked year after year after year. The thing oh, that caused me trouble, the thing that put an irritant on my problem, I'm going to bring this back. And what I birthed is going to speak into the atmosphere and set order where there's been chaos. Oh, some of you are called to birth a promise that provokes order. The word of the Lord had been rare until Samuel. And you know, it's awesome when the Lord was speaking to Samuel, Eli had enough left in him that he didn't try to call Samuel unto himself. He didn't say, let me tell you how to hear the voice of the Lord. He didn't say, come in here and let me teach you everything I know because Eli knew what he didn't know. And he said, I perceive that God's trying to tell you something, son. Go back and tell him I'm all ears. See, your provoking promise whoo, is not meant to be anybody else's trophy. Your provoking promise is not meant to be anybody else's pacifier. Your provoking promise is called to provoke the kingdom of heaven in every earthly place. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, remember me. Woo, Lord, remember me. Again, you might be in a season of needing comforted. I have no judgment of pacifiers. Some of you should probably take one today just to remember, listen, never again will I be manipulated with a pacifier. Never again let it be a sign. Will I dare pick up what I've put down? Never again will I self-soothe when God has called me to get into his presence. Never again will I walk as a pacifist. You know what a pacifist is? They don't believe in war. But the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent, ooh, hey, the violent, oh gosh, whew, the violent take it or give it by force. Jeff Groves, I'm glad you were on your toes today, sir. <laughs> See, this makes some of y'all uncomfortable. It's okay. I came long ago to determine that this will not be a hospice house. But this will be a place to poke around until you scream. To poke around until you are determined that you are tired of living with the demons that's been tormenting your life. It's a place that the Word of God brings the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. That you recognize, I've been in bed with the pacifier all the while. I need this skin tag removed and let it be agitated in His presence. Because I need joy in my life, not the fake passy joy. I need the prodding joy of the Holy Spirit that can't be given to me by a double portion man hand. <laughs> 
If you've been in a season of affliction and you have felt it on every side, you felt like you've been about to be crushed and taken down and moved out and left behind, but you feel that prodding and that nudge today. I want you to begin to run to this altar. I want us to begin to move into his presence and declare that in his presence, there's promise coming out of this prod. There's promise coming out of this prod. I feel it pushing me into destiny. I feel it pushing me into the provoking presence of God. You know what a thought-provoking thing does it causes you to stop and contemplate on what is before you some of you've been pushed into the presence of God without the contemplation of the provoking now I'm going to invite the men in the room who have felt the afflicted hand who have felt the pushing and the prodding and the lies of the enemy and you're saying no I'm ready to be pushed into the presence today I'm ready to allow that provoking to drive me all the way into the promise some of you have been in misery and you're begging God for your miraculous but you won't move so if that's you men I invite you to come thank you elder Jim Lift up your hands and say, Father, you see my affliction. Ooh, remember me. <laughs> you see, it's really that simple. Remember me. I've been most miserable. Remember me because I have an understanding that where there's been misery, there can be a miracle. Where there's been a place of miserability, there can be the miraculous come forth. Come on, I'm going to give you a few more moments. I feel this prodding, but I'm not going to kick against it anymore. You know what? Had Paul not stopped kicking against it and just moved with it, we would not have at least 13 of the most incredible letters that we read today. But because he followed suit, he stopped kicking against the goad. He said, Lord, where you go is where I'm going. Where you lead me, that's where I'm moving. Today, we have so many incredible writings because of that surrender. Lift up your hands, people of God. Elders and prayer team, I want you to begin to move. Come on, we're calling forth. We're moving from miserable to miracle. We're moving from provoking into promise. We're moving from pacifier into the fulfillment of the plan of God for our life. Not everybody that prods you is your enemy. Let me help you today. Not everybody that's prodding you is a penina. Sometimes they see in you what you can't see for yourself. Sometimes they, like a mama eaglet, they say, baby, it's time to get off the milk. It's time to move out of this comfortable place and move into the place of promise for the fulfillment of God over your life. Come on, begin to press. Come on, begin to press. We're moving out of miserable to the miracle. Woo! We're moving out of miserable to the miracle. Shut up, I said, I said.